0: Hello and welcome to Finshots Daily. In today's episode, we tell you the story about MS Swaminathan and India's Green Revolution. Before we start today's episode, here's a quick side note from Team Ditto. Did you know that two-thirds of medical bills in India are paid out of pocket? Imagine growing your investments only to see them vanish with a single hospital trip. That's why, as a financially prudent individual, you must have comprehensive health insurance. And for this, you can talk to our team at Ditto Insurance today, where we guarantee unbiased, spam free, and personalized insurance advice. The link is in the description below. Now, on to today's episode. In 1943, India was ravaged by a famine in the Bengal region. Over 3 million people lost their lives due to starvation. But this event triggered a young man named M.S. Swaminathan. He was just getting ready to enroll himself at medical school, but at the last minute, he changed tracks. He joined an agricultural course in Coimbatore. And the reason for that, you ask? He felt that this was the best way to contribute to a soon-to-be independent India. And let's just say that it's a good thing he did this because that man went on to revolutionize Indian farming. You see... Back then, India suffered from an acute food shortage partly due to the colonial hangover. We were dependent on foreign aid for imports of wheat. The ships would land on our shores with grains and they would directly go to feed the people. We didn't have anything to store for a rainy day. And they called it a ship-to-mouth existence. Things were quite dire. But things changed radically in the 60s. Suddenly, India's wheat production nearly doubled between 1965 and 1970. But how did Dr. Swaminathan achieve this massive feat, you ask? In one simple word. Crossbreeding. He figured that the only way to bring about a change was by tweaking the genes and manipulating the various varieties of wheat. Give them the superpower of being more responsive to fertilizers and water. And even to reduce their height to deal with something called lodging. The thing that happens when the root or stem breaks down because of the height. And all this reduced yield drastically. The only way that Dr. Swaminathan and his team could counter it was by making a dwarf-like variety of the crop. But wait, we have to admit that this actually wasn't his brainwave or creation. In fact, the seeds of this revolution were sown across the seas in Mexico. In the 1940s, an American scientist named Norman Borlaug was hard at work creating his own strains of these dwarf varieties. These offered better yields while also being disease-resistant, And it's this Mexican variant that eventually became the catalyst for India's green revolution. You see, Dr. Swaminathan had seen Dr. Borlaug's work and invited him over to India to learn about it and collaborate. India was convinced the seeds would work. And soon we began to import this Mexican dwarf variety. The end result? We had a bumper crop in 1968. We didn't have a place to store the surplus and we used schools and theatres to stock it. India's green revolution had begun. But it didn't end there. Mexico transferred the technical know-how to India, too. That way, Indian scientists could put their heads down and create even better derivatives of the crop, ones that were more resistant to diseases and more suited to India's climate. And by 1969, 35% of the land for wheat cultivation in India was earmarked for this genetically modified crop. We went from producing just 10-12 to million tons of wheat in a year in the early 1960s to over 110 million tons today. Simultaneously, we embarked upon a similar endeavor to solve the rice shortage problem too. We were focused on these high-yield dwarf varieties. And because Dr. Swaminathan headed matters during those tumultuous times, he earned the moniker of the father of the Green Revolution. But hey, all good things have a bad side to it, right? And that's the same thing with the Green Revolution too. And it's not us saying it, but Dr. Swaminathan sounded a prescient warning way back in 1968. He sounded the alarm by saying that if farmers didn't focus on soil fertility, we would soon see desertification of land. And that rampant use of pesticides and sucking out groundwater could lead to a doomsday scenario. That brings us to today and the significant fallout from this indiscriminate use of fertilizers, especially the heady concoction based on nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. Simply put, NPK. Research suggests that a desirable mix of NPK has to be in the ratio of 4 is to 2 is to 1. But in our quest to keep beefing up output, we amped up fertilizer use and the soil now boasts NPK of 7 is to 2 is to 4. In agricultural-heavy states like Punjab, things are even worse. The ratio is 31 is to 8 is to 1. And a 2019 report sounded an even more ominous proclamation. Nitrogen levels were at alarming levels, with soil health taking a turn for the worse. Sure, the excess fertilizers will help boost output in the short term. But if the trend persists, then the soil may soon turn toxic. That's pretty bad for food security. So yes... While we've had one green revolution already, in the words of Dr. Swaminathan, today we need an evergreen revolution, one that combines science with ecology, one that's sustainable, and maybe someone else will pick up the baton now that he's passed. We need someone to solve today's problems. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you want to share your feedback or suggestions, do drop us an email to hi at the rate in. Until next time.